inspiration out, you know, passing out inspiration, pouring something in their cup that they can sip from, you know, to refresh them and just try to ignite that fuel in them to get them to look within themselves and, and find their gift to this world and use it just, just to pass that light. Says it no longer warms me, snatch my heart from a chest left with my name. Told her keep everything and take the pain, lost it, took all my rain. Papa bought me some bread fluid, told me slow it down, switch the lane. Mama begged me a pumpkin pie. Hey, truth tellers, yeah, what it do, what it is, what it does, it is your host, not a ghost, not here to brag or boast, sunny days, sun diesel, son of the sun, son of man, son of God, deeply embedded in the flesh, not better than the rest, just equal to the rest. Yo, this is the podcast, Tell Me The Truth, and we still doing it for all those people who thought that we can keep this thing going. Every week, we dropping them, lining them up, knocking them out. So, this is episode 13, and matter of fact, before we even get into the episodes and the websites and the this and the that, this one is coming out on Monday the, let me look at my calendar, Monday the 14th, but today... The day that I'm doing the intros is December 11th. Da, 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 da. And if you fuck with me on Facebook, you would know that's my birthday. And today I am 33 years old. How about that? Who would have thought it? In the 90s, they said I probably wouldn't make it to see 25, but I did it. So, yeah, today's the birthday. Chilling out. As you can see, still on it. Doing the things, doing what it does, still living my life, man. Nothing changes just because it's your birthday. Still got to live. So, yeah, if y'all know it, y'all don't got to hit me up and say happy birthday. It's whatever. We know every day is a birthday. Every time you wake up, you're born from that slumber that you went into the night before. So, here we go. Hit us up on the website, www.tellmethetruth-podcast.com. Big shout out to Zach Rimson going over to his place tomorrow for a party and he is the person who corrected me because i was saying slash but it is actually dash podcast.com you can 
excuse me. You can catch us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and a couple other things. Just come to the website, scroll to the bottom. The links are there. Also, let me plug my homeboy. I did see episode one of Sky High TV, uh, Music and Marijuana. I think that one was Legalization and something else. Check it out. I got to get with him. He's supposed to be plugging my show, too. So I got to get with him on that because I'm plugging his show. It's a good show. That's my homie, you know. And let's bring it full circle. Uh, e. Youngin is with Kane Cartel. Kane Cartel, when I was a teenager, was in a group called IBC Island Boy Cartel out of Onico. Now, the, the podcast I did today was with a gentleman who also was in IBC. But, uh, you know, things change, time has passed. I think that was at least 15 years ago. Um, so he's doing a little something different now. And, you know, I was on, you know, Facebook, linking up with people, dot, 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 and he caught my attention. I listened to his music, as you heard before we came in, and it's like, man, hmm, let me let me holler at dude. And then I didn't even know all of that. I learned that in the podcast. I'm like, oh, man, we dot, 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 and it's crazy. So small world. So at any rate, I told y'all the website, told you the links. You know to leave a comment. You know to come to iTunes. All that stuff has been stated. So with all that being stated, understood, yada, yada, uh, this is episode 13, Gone Country with my man Reginald Wrangler. And as you heard, sometimes you got to pump that brake fluid and slow down and go down or whatever you got to do. But we're going to do it. So with no further ado, Episode 13, Gone Country with Reginald Wrangler. Get it. I'm thinking about the good old days Now quick they slip away But I'ma be fine, I'ma be fine, I'ma be alright Slide it up and let it roll Let it burn real slow Cause we all know it's gonna be Just flip through the pages of life, you know, as we grow and as we live, you know, and I just 
this is very thing. You know, just let the music pour out. You know, I just try to inspire and ignite that flame in other people, you know, as an artist, from an artist's perspective, and just put my stories and my situation in the form of art, you know, and just spread it. You know what I mean? Um, you know, God bless me with a gift, and I just want to share it. You know, with Resident Wrangler, you know, it's, 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 it's just a beautiful time. It's a lot going on in this world. You know, we got a lot of negative uh, stuff going on in this world. A lot of our young folks, you know, they caught up out here. You know, and I realized as a, as a young man, you know, that music kind of influenced me. So, you know, it's like it almost brainwashed me to some extent. You know, out there in that, in that, in the, in the core of that darkness out there, it's dark and cold out there. You can lose your life out there fast, man. You know, whatever you decide to do. But the people you hang around, you know, you inherit their situation, their problems. So as you grow and as you move around out there, man, you make you make bad decisions, but you're up under the influence of alcohol and different stuff. So I just know that music is is, is a pure tool. So it reaches people, it touches them, it draws them, and it just causes certain people to do certain things that they wouldn't do, you know, especially the young people with young minds. So I know that it's a, it's a beautiful vehicle, man. So I just feel like I would take the opportunity, I connect with country music, you know, because it touches soul and it tells stories. It's about love and peace, and it, it just has a seriousness to it. So I attach myself to it and just use it as a vehicle. You know, but um, I just thank God, man, for the blessing. And I just want to share it, man. Word up. Word up. So, so, how did you, how were you initially introduced to music? Um, you know, just through my family. Just growing up. You know, my mom and dad playing different music when I was growing up. You know, uh, soul and R&B you know, I was here a little country every now and then growing up, Johnny Cash, Charlie Pride, and just different artists, you know, growing up, singing country, you know. And I, I just, I liked it, you know what I'm saying? As I grew up, you know, growing up, I just liked the different types of music. You know, I just wasn't stuck on one lane. You know, I liked all different types of music, different types of sounds, different expressions. You know, I just related to it. You just gravitated towards it. You know, and I always would, you know, as young man, just put words together and just rhyme and stuff like that. I remember in school, you know, like uh, the language classes, the reading and stuff, I would always be rhyming and putting words together. And I remember the teacher telling me, like, you will probably do something with that one day. You know, and I just always gravitated towards that. When in church, growing up, singing in the choir, just took a liking, a liking to it. You know, it's like everybody got a gift to this world. You know what it is when you hear it or when you're around it because how you feel. Light up. You know, something light up inside of you. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, when you first started experimenting with creating and writing and rhyming, was it, were you already doing, quote-unquote, like, country-type music? Or did you maybe start out trying to do R&B or hip-hop and you came back and gravitated to country? Or, or were you always kind of uh, creating country music as your outlet? Well, it wasn't always uh, country. You know, me being African-American, it was, you know, I gravitated toward more R&B and rap. You know, at first growing up, you know, with the artists of our gender, 
growing up with, you know, the Tupacs and the Snoop Dogg and, you know, this, this rap period and all the artists, you know, boys to men, to sweat and stuff like that, you know, growing up in the areas where I was from. You know, everybody had love for that music, but I was always here. You know, that country music in there too, you know, that soul and that passion and, you know, even rock and roll, you know, that, just different types of music, you know, that always just touched me. I always like, you know, different stuff. You know, being from the South, a lot of people ain't listening to uh, Wu-Tang, you know, stuff like that. Other rappers from up north, you know, different uh, places, just other, different artists that always stuck out with different friends you know, just being different, just doing different sounds, something about it, But, um, I would always, you know, growing up as a teenager, man, I would listen to, I remember the song, um, uh, Ain't you bring it up? Yeah. Uh, we do Billy Ray Cyrus. I would always sing that song, just joking around with my friends. Man, they always have me singing that song. We just hanging out. They always be laughing. And, you know, I be singing other song. I remix certain songs, put a country spin on it. You know, they always go crazy about those songs, man. I actually did. I, I did like that music, man. Yeah, yeah, and I remember like growing up because I think we we talked last night. You know, we're kind of from the same Manatee County area, pretty much. And I know I was into a lot of up north hip hop myself. And you know, like you said, you kind of stick out like a sore thumb because I know growing up in the '90s, it was really all about you know at first you know booty shake, you know two live crew booty shake, slowed down music, and then. You know, then the New Orleans sound started to take over around, I think that's when I was in high school, you know, like when No Limit was gigantic and everybody was TRU in it and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty strong era, you know, when that first juvenile dropped, the 400 Degrees. Yeah. Manatee County loved that. Yeah, that was, that was, that was, that was, yeah, that's definitely... You can look back at those eras, you know, and see when those dudes were in their prime doing what they were doing and had a, a massive uh, influence on the culture, on mm-hmm. everything around. Everybody was playing it, you know, you could hear it everywhere. Yeah. So. And, you know, I was listening, I was listening to a song of yours just before I gave you a holler, and it was saying it was having to do with you know, the influence that music has. And I remember back in that era, some of the, the influences that I saw with my peers, that that kind of hip-hop had on my peers. And, you know, a lot of people don't really talk about it, but I knew a lot of young kids who was influenced by, you know what I'm saying, that gangster kind of music and totally messed up their lives. So it's nice to see artists doing stuff positive, you know, putting out that positive message to give, you know, the young people something to follow. I mean, what what... I mean, what was you seeing back then? Um, you saying as far as that 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 that, that music, that gangster type of music that was out? Yeah. Um, you know, I've always said that uh, you know, Tupac, Shakur, you know that that whole uh, Snoop Dogg era, Tupac, Shakur, uh, Biggie Smalls, you know those eras, the N.W.A. But more so than less, Tupac and Big, I felt like they brought the crime rate up. You know, just because of the bitterness, you know, that he was going through at that time. You know, about him being raised where he was, you know, his mom being part of the Black Panthers. He had, like, 
this militant aspect of life in him, you know, and he was talking about a lot of violent, cold, dark stuff in lyrics, you know. So I, I, I don't get me wrong, I love the music, I liked it, you know, because, you know, growing up, like he, he took me, but I didn't realize that where he was leading a lot of people too, you know, because a lot of stuff that he was talking about, that I was doing, he wasn't really living like that, you know, Tupac's core, and you know, he left here. He's in a goddamn casket. He's in a standing by hers. 
you know, and dudes played with death and it and came. You know, they kept talking about it. They talked it right up, right up on themselves. They wasn't around the right type of people, man. You know, when you play out there like that, it's going to happen, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. And you touched on so many things that illuminated, like, my mind. Like, one of the things that you just said that I never thought about it is, like, you're right, you know, as artists, because, you know, I do a little hip-hop myself. As artists, to a way, we are like, uh, and I say it loosely, we kind of are like prophets and priests so far as that we're writing down scriptures by definition. You know, we get these pieces of paper and we write down scripts and poems on them and we deliver them to the public. And when you have an adolescent mind, that's the same thing as like if a young kid is going to any kind of religious place, they're getting indoctrinated, you know. And that's why, you know, people hold on to their religions because they're indoctrinated from the point they're born in most cases. So it's like now, and I think throughout history, you know, children are being indoctrinated with music. But here's the thing that's trippy. Throughout history, the music was always based on the community. You know, you know, like think about it. In indigenous cultures and tribal cultures and even in religious cultures now, the music is always designed to uplift the community or carry on traditions or pass on information so it's just like you said what kind of traditions what kind of information is this music supposed to be passing on to these generations and when you're in a situation where some kids don't have a stable home then this music is raising them you know because i can remember man kids like you said they quoted like the ten commandments like that was like the ten commandments like this is how you live you know, and I would always just be like, you know, in my mind, I would think, man, they're really weak minded. They don't know that this is like wrestling. You know, you ever talk to somebody who likes wrestling and I like wrestling, but they get into it like it's actually real. And I was like, you know, that's they're, they're acting and they're like, oh, no, the ultimate warrior is bleeding. And I'm like, the ultimate warrior is tapping himself with razors before the fight. Man, <laughs> you know, this is not real, you know. And I would see people get into these hip-hop artists, and I'm like, man, well, you know that, you know, that's a persona. Like, that's not that real person. I mean, in some cases, it is. Like, I think DMX is really kind of crazy. But um, yeah. but in the most yeah. cases, like you said, they're just putting on a facade, and then uh -huh. these adolescent minds is absorbing it and absorbing it and absorbing it, and you end up getting what we have right now, you know, just a lot of a lot of foolishness you know but then you know another question i ask is why do big corporations put millions of dollars behind promoting that imagery and that message you know that's the other part of the coin because like you because like, i'm listening to your stuff here and i can hear a positive message and you know what you're doing even the good time stuff get low you know it's not you know uh it's not vulgar and disrespectful so but then my question is, is why are people putting millions and millions of dollars historically behind promoting this negative image, you know, in this negative way of, I don't know, but like you said, maybe that's just, maybe that's just prophecy fulfilling itself. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a business, you know, at the end of the day, you know, uh, you know, money is, is like the root of all evil. So, you know, uh, it's like people sell their soul if they feel like you know they, they didn't get enough money behind 
when they start a, a revolution, or, you know, if it's feeding them, if they benefit from it, you know, then they feel like they, they'll continue to pour it out, and they, they pass, and they feel like they're pouring out poison in cups, you know, posted up on the side of the road, like they're selling, you know, Gatorade or on a hot day, like these kids walking through a desert, and they're passing like this stuff, and they, they're drinking it. And it's, you know, it's, it's just destroying them. It's getting inside their minds and getting in their hearts. And this is all they know. You know, so a lot of them out there in society, you know, they, 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 they flock into this. You know, and they caught up and they don't really have patience. You know, they really don't want to work getting a job because, you know, other kids that they see their age, they go to high school and, you know, get into middle schools and stuff. They see a lot of other kids their age out there in the streets, riding around in cars and, you know, grams and gold in their mouth, jewelry and whatnot, so they're enticed by that. It's, it looks bright, it looks very bright and enticing, but, you know, the end result of it is death and prison and destruction, and they don't see that at first, and they get caught up and they smoke weed and feel like it's cool, and they feel like all the girls flocking to the, they riding by on the school bus, and then somebody they same age and grew up in the neighborhood, be riding by the school bus, playing music, and, you know, shooting the bus a bird and grilling the bus. So, you know, it's like they feel like this is not what's up. They in school trying to get straight A's and be positive, listening to their mama and their daddy. They just feel lame and make them feel kind of lame and green. And, you know, it just it pull them out there, throw them out there. And then a lot of them getting off that porch, you know, how the streets here right now, the cold and the language, they feel like they have to have respect. So the first thing they feel like they need to do is have fear, you know, to make somebody respect them and want to do something for them or give them something. They feel like if they don't have that fear, then they're not accepted out there right now. So they do stuff that they wouldn't normally do. I remember growing up a certain age where, you know, I, I was young and ignorant and I didn't care, you know, and um, I would just do stuff periodically, more so for jokes and laughter and whatnot. They're just doing crazy stuff, but... Now they got these kids coming up, man. They they doing stuff, man. They got these big guns and they on all these pills and you know they they, they mind they mind going every which way, you know every which way. But they don't they really don't understand you know what's going on. And they taking all these chances, man. And they destroying their stuff, man. Destroying their lives, man. And, and they don't they when, by the time they wake up, it's too late. And then already called a live sentence. They then already, you know, jumped in the car with somebody. They don't, they don't know what he got on him. He done got pulled over before they know it. They in a cell, man. But the, 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 that's what it basically boils down to me, that these, these rappers don't realize that. They don't see that. They don't see that, what they're really doing to these, these young folks out here, man, that they really listening to them and following them, you know, like they worshiping them.
they're going to let everybody in the car happen. So whoever you decide to hang around and commit yourself to, young people, you inherit all their problems. You know, and you got these young dudes wake up and brush their brush they teeth with violence. You know, wash their face with bitterness. You know, they don't know God. They, grandma, I'm telling them about God. They don't wake up and pray. They don't have a prayer life. They're not reading the word of God, so they have no passion or inspiration. You know, so the, the light inside of their mind is not turned on. It's, it's very dim. Very dim. They think it was put here to see how much money they can make. You know, how many cars they can buy, how many women they can have, you know. It's just the wrong mindset, man. We got to, we got to come together as men. We've been through that type of stuff, man, and tell your story to this world, man. That's what you hear for your testimony, what you've been through. It's stripping through these pages of life. You got to tell your story, man. Your story that that changes lives. What you survived, what you've been through, where you are right now. That's what we need. More people that have survived this type of stuff, been through this type of stuff, that they can relate to. You know, that's what's needed, man. You know, and that's really the truth. Cause like, even as you say that, I could think back to times where I've come home from. You know, in high school, you go out to a party or something, and then I come home. And then, you know, I used to hang out in West Bradenton a lot. So, you know, I was going to those kind of parties. And then I'd come home and one of my homeboys from the neighborhood would just skirt up in a car and be like, hey, hop in, bro. And then, you know, I don't know. For some reason, people like to drive very fast. Call, you know, they used to call it getting aggressive or whatever. But, you know, they driving, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, man, what are you doing? And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, the car stolen. And I'm like, why did you pick me up in a stolen car, man? Take me home, <laughs> you know, or... I can remember when I first moved up here and then I would go back home to visit and, you know, you go try to hang out with a homeboy and it's like, hey, man, let's go. I, you know, I hear about a little party and then you get in the car and they ask you, hey, man, where can I put my dope at? And I'm like, what do you mean? Where can you put? Why do you have dope? Why, we're going to a party, you know, and or, hey, man, give me a ride over here. And then it's like this person has pills or they, you know, it's just. So many crazy situations, especially in Manatee County, people just don't know. I seen a statistic the other day about the heroin epidemics and overdoses, and Manatee County has the highest in the state. I mean, people don't know. It's pretty serious down there. But it's like you said, I don't know what is going on right now, but it's like we definitely need an awakening in the minds of the youth. And I do definitely agree that people who've been through it came out the other end intact, you know, can, you know, talk to people, mentor them, big brother them, little sister them, and just say, hey, man, this is not what it's cracked up to be. These people are selling you lies. But I think when kids are at that young age and they have all these hormones and emotions and things going through their head and going through their mind, you know, it's just too much. It's just too much. It's, it's a sensory overload for them. And they just, they just can't get it. And, you know, I saw you I saw you in a video you posted on Facebook where you were, it seemed like an uh, inspirational talk or a seminar or something speaking. Yeah, that was straight talk. Okay, that was straight talk. What was that about? Um, that's the brother over there, uh, <coughs> Wayne Washington. Uh, I went to school with him. He's a very positive, uh, influential dude. And, um, you know, he, he has a, a setting to where uh, every week, every other week, he has different uh, speakers from the community, you know, people that have been out there and uh, came out on the other side, as you said, 
and shine and they like not come up and just give their story and just inspire the kids, you know, tell them, give them something to hold on to. And uh, he reached out to me and told me he would like me to come speak. He also has the comedy club and he, he does a lot around that for the community, man. He does reach out to a lot of people. He, he's generally sincere, honest dude, man. And, uh, you know, he believes laughter is good medicine and uh, he, he's very focused individual man and uh, he invited me to come up there and speak and uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of uh, those things with him speaking and you know just that inspiration you know passing out inspiration pouring something in their cup that they can sip from you know to refresh them and just try to ignite that fuel in them to get them to look within themselves and, and find their gift to this world and use it and just, just to pass that light man and um, that's, that's a real positive dude right there, man. And, uh, he does that all throughout the year. You know, he stay on that. He stay on that and just try to drive it home and just get different people that he know that people respect, that, you know, have made those type of mistakes, that life changes mistakes, that he knows has a story, you know, that that, that, that took the, 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 the wrong roads down there. There was a lot of people we went to school with in there, you know, they no longer here. You know, they're no longer breathing because of some of the choices. Everybody don't get, you know, that chance to where something happened to them, life changing, and it don't take their life. You know, every, some people, they perish in their mistakes, and some people get sent to prison, you know, to sit in there and wake up and find themselves in incarceration. And a lot of people don't get that chance. A lot of people not here today. So he realized that the seriousness of what's going on in our community, not just Manatee County, but all throughout the world, you know, in all these different uh, areas like that, man, in the hoods and in the ghettos and in the, you know, the poverty parts of the world, whether it be a city or a county, you know, little country towns or whatever, I mean, it's going on everywhere. You got gangs, you got a whole lot of stuff going on that, that that's just driving and drawing these kids to it, you know, and it's, 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 it's a lot of blood being shed out there, man, because of lack of information, lack of knowledge, no sense of direction, you know, and uh, a lot of them kids grow up, you know, their father figure is not there, you know, and the mom, she can't just, you know, bear the weight by herself, you know, because as the kid grows older, you know, and as he sees more, you know, I, I like that song, one of my favorite songs is by CeeLo Green, they say, I think you're crazy. Yeah. You know, if you really, you really listen to that song, to what he's saying, you know, he was saying that he, was, he pretty much lost his mind out there, the chances that he was taking. You know, he had to be crazy to be out there taking the chances that he took. You know, he realized he could have lost his life a long time ago. So he's pretty much saying, he, he do that. you got to be crazy to be out there taking them chances. If you do research, you know, the, 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 the result, there's really no retirement in there. There's a graveyard, there's a casket, you know, there's a prison set waiting for you. Out there. You know, it's like an army, a military out there. It's a war. And a lot of them don't survive, and they don't see it. You know, and by the time they see it, it's too late. You know, yeah. it's just a cold world we're living in, man. Yeah, and you know, like you said, it really literally is a war. The war on drugs. That's so right. whenever a person takes the, takes up the, or makes the decision you know, to truly commit themselves to the street life. Because, you know, a lot of people casually use drugs in their home, 
you know, and this is America. I think you should be able to do what you want to do in your home as long as you're not hurting anybody. But I guess when you really out there banging, strapped up, you know, just being, a, as they say, a menace to society, then, you know, you've pretty much enlisted yourself in the drug war on the side that the government is fighting against. And like you said, there's only a couple places you can end up in a war, a POW, also known as in prison or killed in action, <laughs> you know, those are the only outcomes. You know, so, and I never, man, this is a good one because I never thought about it like that. It literally 100% is a war since Ronald Reagan was here. The war on drugs. So if they're the good guys, then who's the bad guys? <laughs> you know, but, and something else I wanted to ask you. Now you was, we was, you was talking about how people sometimes have life-changing events and sometimes they don't have life-changing events. Did you have a? Did you need to have a life changing event? Did you have a life changing event? And if you did, what was it? Um, just <clears throat> the reality of you know just being out there, man. Just you know, just looking back at my life and uh, seeing a lot of times where you know I put myself in places, clubs, and you know different you know environments different hoods and, you know, the thing just got ugly real fast, you know, like, you know, bullets flying everywhere and, you know, I just look back and see where I could, I've been in some bad car accidents at a young age, you know, playing in the road, playing in them cars, just going too fast and just, you know, getting in some pretty bad car wrecks, man, and just, just being around, witnessing people lose their life right next to you sometimes and just really just wake you up. People that you love, you know, seeing them get in the car to go somewhere from where you're at and don't even come back. Now to go to their funeral, you know, the next week. Just just seeing stuff happen right in front of you, man. And it just, just really just wakes you up, man. Just makes you feel like, man, you know what, man, this, this really ain't what's up. And then you, you look at it, and then um, I messed around, and a girl I was messing with gave me a yearbook one time, a few years back. And uh, she just was showing me she had marked on and everybody that was gone, that was no longer here, and the ones that was in prison that I went to school with and stuff. And I was like, man, this ain't, this, this has got to be, this can't be accurate. But it was. And I was like, man. She was like, it's a common denominator, man. You know, a whole generation of people almost, man, you know, uh, that choose to live that way. This is what happens to them, man. And it's, it's just reality. It's just life out there, man. And that's what usually wakes someone up, man. They almost lose their life. Or, you know, out there in the streets like that, or, or, or someone close to them lose their life. And you know, they end up making a mistake and go to prison for a long, extensive period of time. And they wake up and they go in there, you know, and they come out. But the main thing, man, with God trying to get your attention, you know, if something is meant for you, then you see way farther than what you see. You know, because it's like people get up and, you know, it's like a hole in the road. You see the hole. But you, 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 you can go around it, but somehow you still end up driving and falling right in it. 
climb out of it and travel again and you see the same hole. You end up falling in this hole several times before you realize, you know, just don't even go down there. Why not just turn the car around and just go the other way? You're going to keep getting the same results. You know, if you keep doing the same thing, you hang around the same type of people, you're going to get the same results, you know? It is what it is. You hang around positive-type folk, working-type folk, musicians, artists, people that's inspired to do, you know, beautiful things. You get beautiful results. You know, you hang around, you know, dear losing people out there in the streets, and that's what you become. That's what people see you as. You know, and they stereotype you, put you in one category, and that's what happened, man. But, you know, Malachi County is, is, is not no big, big, you know, place, big city, whatnot. A lot of people know somebody, know somebody. So, I mean, you know, just being out there, man, and, you know, making mistakes, falling down, woke me up. You know, having to be separated for a period of time woke me up. You know, having to reach inside myself and start praying more, reading the Word more, you know, allowing God to cleanse me and wash my mind open up my eyes to what's really going on out here, woke me up, realizing that we all have a story to be told. Nothing can stop that story. The only person can stop me is God, and I talk to him every day. As long as you keep reaching and pressing, you know, you can do what it is that God placed you in this world to do. That can inspire you with this musical platform, you know, to get your story told, man, and just make beautiful music. Yep, yep. So, at what point did you decide to pursue music professionally? I mean, how did that come about? I mean, have you always, because um, I know you said that you were doing the hip hop and R and B. So, I guess my question is, at what point did you start to do music in the current form that you're doing it? You know, so far as the Reginald Wrangler project that we're seeing and the persona that you're putting out now. I just did like 15 years in prison in 2000. Um, I was sent to prison for 15 years, and uh, wow. the institution that they sent me to, like the last five years of my incarceration, um, I couldn't pick up no stations. I was in Swanee Correctional Institution, and you could only pick up country music. So while I was there, uh, that's all the music I could listen to. That's all I could pick up. So, you know, I was listening to it throughout the other part of my incarceration, but not like I was there. And that's all I could listen to. That's all I could get that musical fix from. So I would listen to it, and the more I listened to it, um, just listening to the songs and listening to the different artists and, you know, the, the feel good in it, you know, the soul and the passion that they was putting in it. And um, I actually just wrote a song one day, listening to it so much, because I always could rap and could sing, you know, out there. And uh, before I even went to prison, I was with a group out there in Onico, and uh, we were making music. What group was that? Um, it was uh, the Island Boys. Oh, IBC. Right, right. I was, okay. I, was, I, was, I was with them at one point, rapping and stuff. But before them, they had uh, 4-1 Boys. Four one boys. Over there, with Rob D. 
Yup, Rod, D. Alvoy, D. Alvoy, man, yeah. I was with them too, you know, out there in my, in my younger days. Uh, you remember Swamp you know, Niggas? Yeah, I remember them. I remember that's Teddy Collins and uh, Barlow. Yeah, yeah Swamp Niggas was Rod too. Yeah, they were. They were. I remember them. Yeah. And, um, I just, um, being there, listening to that music, you know, uh, Swanee Correctional Institution, you know, they, that's, they, they, they country music, them country people up there. And I wrote a song, and I let one of the uh, correctional officers hear it. And the response that he gave me from the song that I wrote, it kind of, he just, he left the door where I was. I thought he was mad. I thought he was going to go and say, you know, uh, you know, come back and try to, you know, punish me or something for writing that type of music. But he came back and was like, man, let him hear that song. You got to let him hear that song. He brought somebody else, and every time they come where I was, they would ask me to get the song. Cause I, I can definitely I can definitely hear the passion in the music, man. I definitely hear the passion in the music, man. And and like you know, you have a really excellent point. There's only one African American quote unquote artist out there really, you know, peer, that you really hear about, and that's Darius Rucker. Other than that, um, I think Cowboy Troy, but I ain't really heard from Cowboy Troy since like. Maybe I don't, you know, pursue listening to any particular types of music, but since for like 10 years, I ain't heard from Cowboy Troy in like 10 years. 
So, like like you said, other than Darius Rucker, nobody's really doing it. You know, and it's kind of always been like that because even back in the day, you had Charlie Pride, and then that's about it. You know, I mean, so far as, as people that you know, people with really standout artists. You know, other than that, so so how what how have you been received by the public? Man, I ain't got no negative, no negative energy, no negative comments, no negative reviews, nothing. Man, everything has just been real positive, man. Even the people out there that's still out there in the streets, you know, some of them say, "Ah, oh, man, I don't, I don't even listen to country music. I don't even like country music." But you know what? I guess the way you just doing it, the way you sing it, you know, the way it sounds. You know, it just makes me want to get, get into it and start listening to it, you know, because, uh, it's the, you know, the story behind it and the passion, you could feel it, where, you know, people never really gave the music a chance. <clears throat> but I ain't got no negative views, but everybody been a green light, uh, green light, man, just supporting it, getting behind it, man. You know, it's different, it's a different lane. You know, you got a whole bunch of people a whole bunch of traffic on one road, everybody traveling on one road. The person that get off on the exit and take another road usually have a clear lane and create his own lane. And things open up for them a lot faster than, you know, when you're doing what everybody else doing, differentiality. You know, it, 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 it has a way of uh, setting its own lane, man. Just pushing. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and that's really the way. That's really the way to make money in any kind of business, you know, be on that innovative tip. You know, that's really what made me uh, pursue doing a podcast because I was like, everybody I know raps. OK, so and, and it kind of it kind of to a degree made me less excited about rapping to a degree. And I can say that because it's like everybody does this. So it's like at this point. It's special but everybody does it so like the the game is saturated so even people that are excellent still are just in the wash but i was like i don't see a lot of people doing podcasts i mean there are a lot of people doing podcasts but i don't personally see a lot of people doing podcasts so that means there's a big wide open lane because everybody i know does music you know everybody you know period everybody has a laptop with a program on it you know but I don't see too many people doing podcasts, interviewing people, putting up websites, doing that kind of thing. So I'm like, maybe I can open up this lane, promote myself and promote other people, you know, and bypass, you know, and actually get revenue from advertising. Because who's thinking about that right now, you know? So, that you know, you got to diversify, I think is what they call it. You know, you got to diversify to try to, you know, boost your capital. So I did what you're saying. I did what you're saying. Because other than Darius Rucker, who else Who else are you competing against? You know? Versus in the hip-hop game, man, you competing against everybody. You know, you can in your neighborhood, there's probably 10 rappers. <laughs> you know? You know? You know, in the neighborhood, there's 10 rappers. You know, do you, I mean, do you know any other black country singers in the area? I mean, <laughs> I, know, I know it's other, uh, it's 
Yeah, I really, I really can relate to that because when I'm creating the best times, my mo- well, you know, I'm a hip hop guy, so my favorite is part of creating is freestyling because I'm old school, so I like to do like freestyles truly off the top of the head, like no written, no nothing. Don't e- I don't even think about it before I start. I just start, you know, just boom right from nowhere, and uh, that that's the most funnest part to me because you can just blank out and let what's in you come out, you know, and people will be like, how do you do that? How do you do that? And it's like, there is no, how do I do that? It's like, I'm not doing it. I'm stepping to the side and just letting it come out, you know, in that, in that expression. And it, it really is expressed across all art forms. I did a, a podcast, the last one actually with a dude named, um, homemade. So you ever heard of him? Uh, what's his name? Uh, his company is homemade soul music. And I think his name as an artist is Homemade Soul, but his name is Curtis Clark. And he has a company that helps artists get their music placed in like commercials and um, TV shows and movies. And and it's even art so far as like, you know, it could be a sculpture or a sound effect or, you know, a design, all kind of art. And that's really that's really where I think it's going towards. And if you want to, I can send you his information because I think, you know, it's the basic thing to where anything that they actually uh, put your content in, they get a piece of it, you know. But other than that, it's you still doing your own thing, you know. So they're almost like a like a content manager just trying to get your stuff placed in different, you know, media outlets. But, you know, that's where it's really going right now for everybody to take the reins and do their own thing and, and come up. So... Uh, are you doing like shows and stuff? No, actually, I seen you. Did you doing at the Touch of Class recently? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, um, did something at the um the Touch of Class. Um, I went to um Okeechobee to like a uh, a mud fest there and did something. and um got yeah, things lined up now. Um, I'm just really uh, getting a lot of music. Uh, recorded right now. I got a lot of songs, man, and um, getting a lot of music recorded, getting ready to release, uh, trying to release an album in February, and uh, getting a six-song EP together with six strong songs, and uh, I just got out of the studio last night with some uh, some real good, uh, real 
watch it out. Got a uh, video coming up real soon in January. Uh, a couple videos. And, um, you know, we got some features from other uh, country artists, hip-hop artists, and um, that we'll be doing. So, um, there's a lot, not a lot going on right now, man. And I'm uh, just really trying to get this music um, out there, you know, and heard and just, you know, tell the story. I'm just staying real focused and positive about it. And uh, I got a good team behind me. I'm just trying to push push it, man, and uh, just, just get it out. And uh, just stay in this lane, man. It's an open lane right now, man. And, uh, like like Jimmy Johnson, Kevin Harvey, Jeff Gordon, just trying to white flag it, man. Just get that white flag. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so how uh, how is your stage show arranged? Uh, are you doing it with a band right now? Or are you just rolling solo? Say that again. I said, uh, how how do you have your stage show set up? Are are you, are you playing with the band? Or are you just rolling dolo with like a DJ? Um, I yeah, yeah. Like how? Uh, Cause well, I know you do country music, so I didn't know if you used the band or did you uh, perform to the tracks. Oh well, I just we got a live band. Oh, okay, you got, got a live, a live band? band. Yeah, we got a band now, and uh, usually go in the studio and get the tracks, get the track um, pressed up, and um, then we go in there and uh, I drop the vocals, and we've been performing with a live band, getting the songs. Uh, a live, you know, fresh feel to it, and um, that's how it goes. You know, so we get in there, we get it done, get 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 got it uh, later track, and uh, we go from there. But the uh, band gives it that live, you know, feel and appeal to the masses. So, you know, we got a good band though. That's what's up. That's what's up. Have you guys played? Is Joyland still down there? Okay, okay. I'm about to end this right now. Okay. But I want to say that um, any artist, you know, you, you reach for your dreams and anything is possible. You stay positive, you stay focused, and don't let nobody stop you, you know, from reaching for your dreams, reaching for your goals. You know, and I, I appreciate you having me on this show. <laughs> and um, it's a blessing, man. This music is a blessing. Yes, and, sir. Uh, I thank you. Problem, bro. I'm gonna keep you in my prayers, keep me in your prayers, yes, sir. and let's try to make a difference, man. Yes, sir. I'll holler at you. All right, bro. Bless up. And another one. I got faded tattoos. I got holes in my shoes.
truth tellers, truth, truth, the truth tellers, and another one, and another one, and another one in the books. Yeah, word up, another one in the books. Gone country with Reginald Wrangler. I tell you what, uh. Yeah, I liked it, that one. I liked it, that one, man. That was just mad interesting. And the one point that he really made that made so much sense to me is this only Darius Rucker, man. You don't even have to compete with the man. Just exist. You know, there's a big vacuum waiting to be filled. So you got to do what you got to do. And I like the music. Like I told you, you heard uh, Break Fluid, and I got a little something else for you at the end of this one. But remember, go to the website www-tellmethetruth.com leave a rating share it and the theme for 2015 i think we're gonna carry this on in the 2016 is listen like share subscribe do one of them do all of them do two of them do three of them but do something listen like share subscribe so hey man hit up my man reginald wrangler because he's doing booking everything i think i'm gonna have to holler at him and do a track you know i gotta holler at homemade soul too and you know try to place my music the one thing i will say about this show is that it's definitely giving me the opportunity to reach out to people i wouldn't normally reach out to i got some other people i got to reach out to to do the logo man they do like all kind of logo stuff they did e young and logo and they do different variations and stuff so hit them up and i think they handle booking for little webby and stuff but uh yeah man i'm finna wrap it up because like i told y'all it's my birthday it's what time is it? it's 10 25 in the morning if you if y'all friends with me when you listen to this it'll be monday so if you was on friday you actually saw me post a picture saying i was working on this so you can retroact and then boom that's when it was and stuff so come to the website come to itunes listen like share, subscribe and I'm finna, it's the 13th, it's my birthday. We finna give a shout out to every artist, every person that ever came on the show. So we got my man Skin Tight, Scott Freebo Digitally, episode one. Gino Mays, episode two. Uh, my man Dr. Craig Signs, episode three. We had uh, E. Youngin, episode four. Myself uh, with Black's Law, episode five. We had Mallory on episode six. We had Lil Poe on episode seven. Um... Boop, boop, boop. We had my man Kofi on episode eight. We had Raw Six. I like to call him the website breaker because to this day, every week, this man gets the most views on my webpage. Every single week since episode nine, and we're at episode 13. So I don't know what that means, but I told you I admire his work ethic. I admire his work ethic. This man gets the most views on my simple little webpage every single week. And I'm and he's from Georgia. I'm from Florida. So that means nobody who is, I don't know if it's just his fan base on how he pushes stuff, but, you know, I'm telling you, if anybody has an opportunity to work with Raw 6, work with this young man, because he is, his energy is, the first day this man dropped this thing, I got 100 views, and that's not a lot, but that's a lot for us. Anyways, episode 10, uh, episode 10, I got confused, I done got off on a rant on episode 9, and then I didn't even remember episode 10. Huh. Well, this is episode 13 with Reginald Wrangler. Episode 12 was with Homemade Soul. Episode 11 was um, Gino Mays Live. Means episode 10 was God Talk with Kale. I had to work it back from the backwards. There we go. It was God Talk with 12. And that's all the episodes. Shout out to all the truth tellers who've come and been, you know, nice enough to share their stories with us. Um, you know, and like I said, everybody's invited to come in. And this is a long outro. So we're going to do it like this. Sunny day, sun diesel, sun of the sun, sun of man, sun of God in the flesh, signing off. And remember, as we always say, if you can't tell the fucking truth, 
I mean, if you cannot tell, if you can't tell the truth, don't talk about it. One love. Bless up.